So the title of the talk is Something, Nothing and Everything. That's what I want to talk to you about because it's all about God who did something, sent Jesus, who made himself nothing, who gave up everything for the salvation of everyone who believes in his name. And I'm going to talk about the simple message of Jesus who came to those who had nothing, to those who were no one and nowhere to the brokenhearted, the prisoners and the captives and the poor, to whom he gave the right to be called something, the sons of God. And it's all about returning to the simplicity of this message. I think we've made it so complicated, you know, so complicated that it's almost impossible to pass on to those who need it most, unbelievers. The message that Jesus gave to his disciples was simple. Promote the good news, heal the sick, and cast out demons. There's nothing more to it than that. If we do these things, he says, I will build my church. The simplicity of this kind of discipleship is something I know a number of us have been wrestling with over the last year or so. Some of the complexity of how we do things in the way we do evangelism, and how we do church, and our careful theologies and programs. And this year especially, it's all been simplified, stripped back, by the fact that we've been unable to meet in the usual way. Even the way that we worship has been simplified. The way that we pray, how we preach, the way that we care for one another, and for our community, it's all been simplified. And that's what I want to talk about today, this simple message, to remind you of something that is nothing to do with what a lot of people have made it and is everything to do with who Jesus is and what he came to do through his disciples even today. So, Father, I just want to ask you to anoint me as I bring this message. Father, I feel like there's a breakthrough for us in this whole area of the simplicity of the gospel. And Father, I ask you to anoint every word, anoint this message and make it powerful. And I pray, Lord, that miracles would occur just because of the proclamation of the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've reached that part of the story in Luke chapter 9 now, where Jesus enters a new phase of ministry. In chapter 8, as I was looking at last time, he amazed us with the sheer extent of his authority over creation, over the spirit realm, over sickness and death. But now he uses that same authority to send out his disciples to do all that they'd seen him do and say. And this is their third tour of Galilee. On the first tour, Jesus traveled with just the four fishermen and they watched and learned as he did the stuff. On the second tour, all of the 12 were with him. And then on the third tour, this third tour in Luke chapter 9, Jesus sends them out without him in twos and says, right, now it's your turn. Go and do what I showed you to do. Because, you see, the authority of Jesus didn't just stay with him. (laughs) Not that he lost it, of course. No, he multiplied it 
through his disciples, a bunch of nobodies, really, men and later some women who were not all that different to you or me. And he also gave them power to act in his name. Let me just read you Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, starting with this. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. And he said, take nothing. There's that word, nothing. Nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. And whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. He says, ask nothing. Ask nothing of the people. He says, if people don't welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And here's the promise. I will do something. (laughs) This is the promise that's implied. So he sent them out. They set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. See, Jesus says to his disciples, take nothing, ask nothing. I will do something. Take nothing, ask nothing, I'm going to do something. Which is the next part of their training, how we go out in his name. He says you don't need to take anything with you. You don't even really need to know anything else. You just have to go out in my name and the power will come. You'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'll do something. And Jesus says you're not to ask anything from the people I'm sending you to, especially those who have nothing, because the gospel is free. It's a message at his expense. And, you know, it's still free today. And it must be. It's got to be free because otherwise we negate the price that he has paid for that message. Freely you have received. Freely give, as he says elsewhere. You see, You don't need a lot to tell people about Jesus. You don't need money. You don't need a nice house or car. You don't even have to know all the answers. You don't need to know all the arguments. You don't even need to know all the questions. You just need to know Jesus and show people that he's good news. He is really good news for everyone, everywhere. And do you know, if we go out, like this every day into our normal missionary lives, because you know that's what we are. We are missionaries in the world today with nothing, which feels a bit vulnerable actually. And Jesus says he will do something. If we go out with nothing, he will do something. You see, the authority that Jesus gave to his disciples, which he then commissions us with in the Great Commission, the authority comes with power. It comes with power for miracles. Do you know, I don't really think we know what this means, because we are so convinced that we have to take something with us. So many other things that we add to the gospel. Reasons that we think we need to explain. (laughs) Qualifications we think need to be made. And we make it so complicated. But the disciples knew what he meant because they'd been around Jesus and seen the way that he'd worked around Galilee. Ah, 
authority. Yes, I know what that looks like. That means stilling the wind and the waves. I was there. I saw that. So that's who we represent as we go out. That's who's got my back. We go out in his authority. And what about power? Well, we know that that means casting out demons, healing the sick and raising the dead. Well, we know what that looks like. We've seen that too, because that's what he does. So that's what we do. So when Jesus sent them out saying, take nothing, ask nothing, they were absolutely clear what he meant, that he would do something through their obedience. And so it says they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Something, nothing, and everything. It's about the simplicity of the gospel. Go in his name and do what you've seen him do and leave everything else to him. Nothing else. You don't need anything else. No additives, no qualitatives, no excuses. (laughs) I just feel that God wants to call us back to this kind of simplicity. This kind of simplicity of faith in discipleship. There is nothing to be added. There is nothing more needed. Although we need to do something and get on with the mission that God has for us. But then he will do everything. Which is kind of what Herod was beginning to realize as he hears about the everything that was going on through Jesus and his disciples. Read with me in Luke chapter 9 again, verses 7 to 9. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about everything that was going on. And he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead. Others that Elijah had appeared and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. You see, the thing about Herod is that he thought he was someone. And that he had everything. But in reality, he was no one. And he had nothing. (laughs) See, Herod, you know Herod, the son of Herod the Great. You know, he was the one who tried to kill Jesus as a baby when Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt. That's Herod. Herod Antipas, who imprisoned John because he didn't like some of the things that he said about incest and the king's choices of sexual partners. You know, Herod, the one who beheaded John, that nasty piece of work was completely perplexed by Jesus. I mean, Herod knew about authority. He'd inherited the position of king from his father, who'd done a deal with the Romans and imposed heavy taxes on his own people to maintain his royal status. That's authority. He knew about power, too. It was the insecure kind, and he'd had many killed, including many members of his own family, out of his own paranoia, mostly, to keep his inherited kingdom intact but that's power yeah who's this jesus 
Herod was having nightmares about him. Was it Elijah's ghost? Was it John the Baptist haunting him? Or some other fiery Old Testament prophet? We know what they do with bad kings. Come back from the dead. Plus, Herod was intrigued by the miracles of power. Now, that would be an addition to mine. (laughs) He was hearing about this, and he just longed to have Jesus uh, perform for him. But try as he might, Herod couldn't get an audience with this miracle worker because Jesus was simply not interested in Herod's type of kingdom. We know that because he'd already turned Satan down. (laughs) Jesus came to give himself away and spent all his time with the least powerful, the least influential, the poor, the sick and the lonely, those who had nothing. And you can just see how Herod couldn't understand this kind of kingdom. He thought he was something. He was very important. He he had everything a man could ever want. But Jesus wouldn't even give him the time of day because of what Because what he had and who he was was nothing in this new kingdom. It just wasn't the same currency at all. See, Jesus gathered crowds of people, but he gave his authority away. And as he gave it away, it multiplied, and it multiplied not only who he was, but what he had. And he did this through the hands of his disciples, who had very little to offer anyway, as far as Herod and people of his kind would say. And we see this, don't we, in this dramatic picture of the picnic that Jesus and his disciples ended up at when they returned after their first solo trip around Galilee. And this trip had gone really well. Let's read about that in Luke 9, 10 to 17. So when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they'd done. And then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, send the crowds away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. And then he replied, you give them something to eat. And they answered, but we haven't got anything. We've only got five loaves of bread and two fish. We've got nothing unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. But then they didn't have any money either. And it was about 5,000 men there. But Jesus said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50 each. The disciples did so and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them something. (laughs) He gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. You give them something. We've got nothing. Get them to sit down. I'll give you something. (laughs) See, contrary to Herod, who only took from the people, Jesus fed them 
all of Israel, actually. That's what the 12 baskets were all about. The 12 tribes of Israel fed. And he did it all through the hands of the disciples. Disciples, we've got nothing. Jesus says, give them something. I'll give them everything that they need. Because he is everything (laughs) that we need. And this is such a well-known story, isn't it? And you must have heard so many teachings on it over the years. But in the context of this chapter, we can see so clearly it's all about the disciples having nothing to offer. And I, I just wonder, can you relate? <laughs> you know, can, can you can you see that? Can you identify with them there? When you face the needs of those around you, it's so overwhelming, such a vast need. I just don't have what is needed. And, and But it's again this message, take nothing and add nothing. And if it's not take nothing, it's take what you have and it's enough. And this is such an important message for all of us that we don't have to have everything sewn up. We don't need every I dotted, every T crossed before we're able to tell others about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. We take what we have. We take who we are and it's enough. You give them something, Jesus says, and I'll give them everything else they need. We don't even have to give everyone the whole message, everything from day one. Just give them something. We don't have to answer every question. Just give them what you have. We don't even have to explain the church. Now, there's one. Just give them your time and your friendship, what you have, and it's enough. It's enough. Because, again, it's about the simplicity of the gospel. But it's also about the simplicity of what it means to be connected to Jesus. You know, the amazing thing about this miracle, and did you know that this is the only miracle that is repeated in all four gospels? except for the resurrection. So it must be important. But it models a ministry, or I should say a lifestyle, actually, of complete and utter dependence upon Jesus. Take nothing else. Nothing else. Just Jesus. On each occasion, after feeding the people, the disciples have to return to Jesus. They have to return to the hands of Jesus before they have anything else to offer the people. The satisfaction of the hunger of the people comes not from the disciples, but from the hands of Jesus through the disciples. And they kept coming back, kept returning for more of what they need. Take nothing unless Jesus gives it to you. Take nothing except for what Jesus gives you. Have you been making it all too complicated? Keep returning to Jesus. Now, are people asking too much from you? Keep asking Jesus. Do you feel overwhelmed? It's such a big need out there. So many problems. Keep receiving from Jesus and he'll give you not only what you need, but what the people need too. 
You see, we don't have to come up with further ways of entertaining people. We don't have to come up with clever communication tools to make the gospel a little more palatable. We don't need any more celebrity images or sales techniques to attract the world to Jesus. As if he needs to be any more attractive. The message of the gospel alone is enough. Give them Jesus only. It's enough. You know, and perhaps as we come out of lockdown and start returning to a sense of normal life, whatever that's going to be, perhaps we need to dismantle some of our thinking in this, to get back to the basics, to return to the simplicity of the message that Jesus and his disciples modeled for us in these verses. Jesus gave everything when we deserved nothing, which means something for everyone listening to this message today. Tell the world about that. Tell them that God loves them. Tell them that this is why he came and we will see miracles. You know, this message today is everything that people need to hear. How many of you know that each of us have something of this message to give away? Maybe it's not a lot, maybe it's not everything, but it's something. And in the hands of Jesus, it multiplies. Uh, Some of you feel that you've got nothing, even though you have Jesus. Uh, But the little that you have could be everything to someone who really knows nothing. But perhaps it's just that you've made it too complicated. Simplify. I used to think that unless people said the sinner's prayer, I hadn't done it properly. Not at all. Simplify. Just tell people that God knows who they are. That he cares about them as a person. Tell them that you'll pray for them. It's enough. For some of you, it's not that you've got nothing. It feels like you are nothing. But this isn't true. Because you are really something in this kingdom. You don't need to be rich and proud or a person of great gifting or intelligence or influence like Herod. In Jesus' kingdom, the small is great. The poor are rich. The humble are lifted up and the servants are the greatest. How about that? Let me just say that if you are one of his sons and daughters today, it's enough. You are really something because he paid everything just to give you the right to call him father. So this message today is an invitation to every believer. Come again and give him everything. Give him everything. Give him your heart. Give him your life. It's enough. There's a call to go again. So will you go? Do something simple with this message today. Something, nothing, and everything changes eternal destinies. And that's enough. That's all that's needed to transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom 
of his dear son. Amen. So I just want to take some weight off you. Take some weight off you of what it means to communicate the gospel to people that don't know Jesus yet. I just want to take some of the complexity away from you. And Lord Jesus, I want to pray for a fresh anointing to come and and, and just be. (laughs) Just be a believer. Just be salt. Just be light wherever we are and wherever you've placed us. Father, we are influential enough just by being who we are. Father God, we want to give ourselves to you again. Lord, you have given us everything. So, Lord, we give you everything, all our lives, all our moments, every day. Use us, Lord. Use us, Lord, in this phenomenal message to change lives. And, Father, I pray that you give us children, spiritual children in these days. There's a vacuum of need out there, Father. But it doesn't overwhelm you. You're bigger than all of it. So, Father, as we go out from here, as we go to work on Monday, as we connect with our family on Tuesday, whatever else we do, Father, we want to offer ourselves to you. It's enough. We are enough. Who we are is enough. And, Lord, I ask you for stories this week and the next few weeks of people having conversations with unbelievers and giving away hope, because that's what you are, Lord. You are the hope of the world. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Praise your holy name.